Hello everybody, welcome back to another Entails combo. It's great to be back and also just a little explanation that that isn't my dog. Like there's nothing to do with me, forget that's even there. I don't know why they're there. Anyway, today we have another, um, another, you know, person that's been involved in football. It's, I, as people don't, I don't know if people actually know, but like I'm a fan of like football, the game, not necessarily a team, maybe one or two teams, but not necessarily a team, just the game. And somebody that's been involved in, in quite a lot of different aspects is a, Darren Young, how are you doing, mate? Fine, fine, Kel. Good to have you on. Uh, sorry, good day for me to be on, so thanks for asking us. Good. No, it's honestly my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Now, the, you've had, you've, you've, you know, I've never actually spoke to somebody that's genuinely played for, like, like a quite big teams, to be honest with you, as well as, like, you know, looking into your history as well, you were, you're, you've been playing, you played for, like, big teams, for example, obviously Aberdeen, Dunfermline, and Dundee and Greenock. Was the was the goal um, before we get into like you know yourself a little bit? Was the goal always to like be be a football player or be involved in football, or was that something that you know you did on the side and you just kind of it just kind of flourished? If that makes sense. Nah, it was, it was my life yeah. <laughs> since I was kind of five. Yeah, obviously with my brother as well, five six year old. But we both kind of started playing, and that's all I wanted to be. <clears throat> everything for me it was a everything was geared towards being a footballer, even. Not really knowing that because we were trained when we were younger. We were literally when we get a wee bit older, you were kind of training on Monday night, you're training on Tuesday night, you're training sometimes Wednesday, Thursday, you're, you're kind of your own boys' club. Uh, Friday, you'd kind of had a day off. Saturday morning, you'd be playing with your boys' club or your school team. And then in the afternoon, you'd play with your, your boys' club when you get a wee bit older. Um, and then sometimes on a Sunday with the local team just to kind of help out. But uh, for me, everything was kind of geared towards that. Um, I, I played football because I loved it. I played football because I wanted to do it every day. Come back from school and you'd be playing lunch break at school, uh, whatever it may be. You're always playing football, and and I think by probably by playing it so much and um, and getting so many touches of the ball, you're improving your skill, you're improving your technique without actually knowing it or without someone actually being over your shoulder to say, "Oh, go do this, go and do that." Now, obviously, you've got the schools where you can the performance schools where the kids actually go to a certain school to play football and then the work or studies around the kind of football side of things. Mm. Whereas we went to school and then any time there was spare, you just played football. Uh, and it wasn't, again, it was just because you wanted to do that. You loved it. You wanted to play it. Albeit there wasn't any computer games, there wasn't any mobile phones and all that kind of stuff back then. Uh, would that have made a difference? Possibly, because you may not have had as many friends and members that run about your area that we want to play football so it, it maybe did make a big difference but for me personally I know that's something I always wanted to do and you just always had it in your mind when you were kind of getting to the ages um you should be, it was about 10 year old we started playing or getting training with like Rangers, Aberdeen, Hearts etc they started to kind of show an interest in the scouts with it your boys club games oh. and then obviously that's when it started to get a wee bit serious um, then when you were kind of fourteen, there was a there's like called a, a schoolboy form, so it was an S form, um, and that gave you a, a two year contract with whatever club you decided to go with, um, and that got you to your sixteen, and then when you were sixteen, that was kind of around about leaving school time, um, you had to obviously the, if you were still good enough, they wanted you, then you could then go and say look, it was a two year deal. Uh, with like uh, Rangers, Aberdeen, etc. For me, it was kind of Aberdeen. I loved going to Aberdeen. We would go up there uh, three times a year. We would train with them every week, but we would go up there three times a year on the Easter holidays, summer holidays, and then the October break. And all the kind of boys that were kind of liked, um, 
the guys that you trained with on the Monday night and stuff. So there's boys for Dundee, boys for uh, Glasgow, you met the Aberdeen boys up there as well. So we all went up and we stayed for a week in Great Western Road, stayed in the digs and then kind of get looked after. And then we get a minibus through Jarvie, we pick us up in the minibus, we go straight to the straight to the training, straight to the stadium, get changed in there, you're mixing with the first team players, you're mixing with the reserves. Uh, so it was some experience um, to be there. And then once we were out to training, you were kind of 50 yards away from the first team, which again was unbelievable because these are guys that you look up to and guys you see on the TV and Scott Sport, sport scene type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then to be actually so close to them that you could actually go and touch them or, or speak to them and get a bit of banter with them. Um, it, was, it was amazing and it kind of, kind of made bad decision up at the same time. Aberdeen as a team we're, we're bringing through a lot of young players uh, whereas your Rangers, Celtics etc were maybe spending big money on players so for me it was always how am I going to get playing first team football quicker and with, a, with a good team and it was kind of through that you set up uh, they had Ian Jess was kind of one of the main ones that came through you had Stephen Wright you had Scott Booth Stevie Glass etc so all these guys um, that were coming through to the first team and, and it, I just felt that there was a, a better pathway for me to go and I thought it was kind of if you're, you're, you're good enough you're, you're old enough type of thing whereas other teams you were maybe still 19, 20 before you're kind of breaking into the first team I got into the first team when I was 17 so I think it was I was proven correct to kind of go down that route Yeah, wow, that's amazing Yeah, yeah you were um, you became the youngest ever Aberdeen captain at only 22 is that still, is it still to today the youngest ever? I was, uh, well, it's what Wally Miller was the youngest, I was the kind of second youngest, so oh, he, was, he was, uh, he was uh, kind of running out at the same time, but uh, no, it was it was amazing at the time to get that, um, and I probably never realised, it's one of those ones that you can look back on and think, wow, I was 20, because I think I was, one of the times Derek White was out injured um, when I was captain, I was 21, but the, I think one of the things as well with that was, we had a lot of young boys coming through, so there was like so myself, there was Russell Anderson, there was Michael Hart, Jamie McAllister was there, we had Kevin McNaughton, we had uh, Phil McGuire, Chris Clark, Darren Mackey, Ryan Essen, so we had all these guys that came through for the youth team, uh, and it was, it was crazy to have so many young players go through, so although I was 21, 22, I was still kind of one of the oldest players in the team. So I think for me, it was kind of a natural progression. I'd been like the captain when I was in my boys' club, when I was school team, youth team, reserves. So for me, it was natural just to go and then become the captain of the, the club. Again, it was a great honour for them to come and say that. And I kind of, I'd done as best I could. I was maybe not the most vocal. Uh, I would be, the, I wouldn't say vocal in a bad way. Just, uh, I was always encouraging and helping guys. Uh, but I kind of felt I kind of led more by my performances rather than slaughtering players and, and getting stuck into players. And again, because you knew everyone, that team and that group of boys, um, the spirit we had and the togetherness we had, they're all hardworking players. So you know that worst case scenario, that they're, they're not going to, they're not going to be lazy, they're not going to chuck in the towel. You know every single one of them are at it. So you didn't really need to to kind of get into guys that way. It was more a case of just come on, you can do better, or unlucky, good luck next time, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, wow. The, the work now going for like being involved in such a professional team and things like that. What's was was that like? I know you were saying like you, you were like going from Aberdeen and stuff. Was it always when you were training up to be a, a football player? Was it always Scottish football you had in mind? I know you're saying Aberdeen and things, but was there yeah. a slight bit of you that wanted to kind of like be involved in English football as well? Oh yeah, you'd, you'd always had that wee hope and that ambition that you were good enough that you could then go and improve. You do well at Aberdeen, and you maybe get a move down south because that was obviously 
where the, the silly money was down there. And, and again, to go down and maybe test yourself, whether it was the championship or whether it was the premiership, if you're lucky enough to kind of get that. But um, but no, it never, never ever happened. Um, and again, I was more than happy enough with how I did and kind of how my career went in Scotland anyway. But no, it would have been great to, to obviously go down there and kind of test yourself, but it was something that never ever came up. Yeah, yeah. And then you went to uh, Dunfermline for five years. What was the what was the reason you left Aberdeen or was it that you kind of got scouted and they asked you, do you want to come down and play with us? No, there's a few decisions. Uh, there's a few things that kind of kind of caused that. Um, kind of one of the main things um, was my dad. My dad was was, was kind of told he kind of had a year and a half left. Um, so that coincided... I know, it's fine. So that, is, that coincided with the contract being up at the same time. We had um, the, the wage cuts. So there was a lot of teams, I think it was maybe Motherwell, I think it was Hamilton and maybe Dundee or something like that. Airdrie possibly as well. These teams are kind of getting not quite liquidated, but they were kind of going to the wall. So the, the Bank of Scotland, I remember at the time, they pulled in and says, look, we're not, we're not giving it any more money. So Aberdeen was in a position where everyone was taking a wage cut. So personally, it was a, like a 60% wage cut. And I'm thinking, God, I've worked my way up here for the youth team. I've worked my way up all the way through. Um, did very well. And now I'm the captain. And what used to always happen, you'd get all these foreign players coming in. And then they were on double, treble your wages. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you're kind of getting asked to take a, a wage cut, which of that amount, you're thinking, geez, oh. So mm-hmm. kind of weighed up at the same time. The interest was there for Dunfermline. Um, and to be honest, the, the manager at the time, which seemed Stevie Parson, again, things weren't that great in Aberdeen. The Dunfermline had finished above Aberdeen the last two seasons in a row. And for me, on paper, at that point in time, Dunfermline had better players than Aberdeen. So there was that. Uh, there was a three-year deal offered at Dunfermline as well. And on top of that, a uh, good wee bit more money. And then, obviously, with the family situation as well. So there was three or four things that kind of added up. Um, would I like to have stayed at Aberdeen? 100%. Would I love to have, to have been at Aberdeen and, and stayed there um, and, and improved and, and done better? But... It wasn't to be, and then just with the circumstances, we got down to Dunfermline, me and my brother, um, and at the same time, the five years I was there, we got to four cup finals, we got into Europe twice, um, so it was, a, it was an amazing time. The very first season, we got a Scottish Cup final, we got beat, um, but we got into Europe, and at the same time, we'd, um, we'd finished fourth in the league, which was Dunfermline's highest ever finish in the, in the Premier League at the time, so... Mm. Uh, so it was pretty it was pretty amazing to do that. Uh, we got two Scottish Cup finals, a League Cup final, and then with the season we got relegated, we were in the, the Challenge Cup final. So to go to any team and, and be able to get to four Cup finals in five years was, was a great achievement. And also um, going into Europe as well, although we didn't do too great in Europe, but at the same time, it's still great for the fans and great for the club to kind of to be in there. Yeah, that's, that's it, to even to be honest with you, to even reach that professional level, not not I don't I think I remember know one person that ended up like doing really well at I'm only 27 so it's not even that long ago that when somebody actually did like really really well at football so that's still a huge accomplishment you even managed to get to play for like those teams so far that's you know that's but before we get into like a little bit more of like your football experience and that and the teams and stuff the the goal of, like you're saying, the goal was to like play football and uh, be it obviously your football all the time and school and things like that as well. And I'm curious to, I was thinking about it there, was there, how did you manage to balance your time, especially when you were like a lot younger as well, when uh, you were at school, football, social life? How did, how did you manage to balance all that together? 
Because my social life was football, <laughs> to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was that was it. It was again. You, you would again. You go to school, and it's literally honest. As soon as it go to have a, a row or have your lunch, and then you go away and play football. And it was just the norm. It wasn't. A, it wasn't frowned upon. It wasn't looked upon. Like look at this wee guy. Everybody was doing the same thing. So it was just natural. Um, so don't get me wrong, you're starting to get a wee bit older, 15, 16 type of age, and your friends and that are starting drinking and things like that. But again, I never drank till I was 18. I never ever drank till I got into the first team at Aberdeen. Um, it wasn't a conscious thing. It was just, well, one, I never really liked beer. So I never liked the taste of beer and alcohol, really, to be honest. But at the same time, I was just kind of that kind of that mindset that I just want to be a football player. And and yeah, you kind of oh, I don't want to go and do it if I go down that route. I mean, there's new players and guys that were, they were going out and drinking Friday night and at the game on Saturday, and you're thinking, what are you doing, man? And they're, they're, they're sometimes they miss the school team game or they miss the boys' club game or whatever. And again, that was, and I'll be honest, there was guys that were kind of better than me anyway, technically. Me, I, I think for me, because I, I had a very good mindset, I'd kind of, I know what I wanted and how I was going to get it and how I was going to achieve it. I mean, yeah, you would get slagged off and you would get slaughtered with your friends. Oh, come on, get a drink, do this, do that. But again, it was, it was easy for me to laugh. Like, no. So I'd be going out and be going out to town or whatever. And I'd just be drinking Coke or lemonade and, and things like that. And to be fair, once I started driving, then they were loving it because then I was the, the designated driver and they were getting dropped off. So, uh, But again, I was still going to enjoy myself. So I, I could still enjoy myself without that. Um, but but no, it was for me. It was easy. It was it was just it was one of those things. I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything because we still don't get me wrong. We still went away and ran about and we played. If you're not playing football at the time, it was for instance, if it was Wimbledon was on, you're all playing tennis at the same time, and then mm. whatever it be, you were just kind of that that season when it's tennis season or whatever it is, and you were always going and again playing with everybody, enjoying yourself, and there was that there was that many people and kids in and around about the area that you could go and do that and there was always somebody to go and play with whether it was football or, or go yourself and knock the ball off the wall which again is it's one of the things I did as well and then consciously you're going to hit the ball off the wall 50 times 100 times and you're looking back now you're thinking god that, that's maybe why I was so good at this or so good at that and you'd be trying to hit the no ball game sign we had a set of garages uh, where we lived so again you're trying to hit the garage try to hit the other garage and then you're working your way up and you're working your way down mm-hmm. and it's just things that you just did because you're a kid you never did it because of any other reason so it was just mm-hmm. it just came natural there wasn't really I didn't feel like I, I missed out I was certainly when you change anything the way my, my childhood and growing up and that was, was absolutely amazing and uh, I wouldn't change it for a thing, even when it came to summer holidays. Your summer holidays was basically a football tournament, so you'd be playing football every day, and then you'd get your kind of maybe six weeks break in the summer for the school, or whatever, a six or seven week break. And my mum and dad would be going away, like one of the times we went to the Milk Cup in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, we went there, we got to the final, I was playing for Hearts at the time. And then the next week yeah, after that was finished, my mum and dad were over, brilliant over in Northern Ireland. And then like a week, 10 days later, uh, my brother was playing for Rangers and I tournament away down in Preston Pans and getting in Wales. So again, our summer holidays then turned into football holidays as well. So it was just, that was that's the way it was. And again, we didn't know any different, but at the same time, that's, we loved it. Yeah, that's the... It, 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 it's hard to be admired as well because at the end of the day, you did like you can't take any time back. So the fact that you literally dedicated your life to football, it's such it's yeah. it, it's 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 so admirable. That's the thing. But 
I'm curious as well, where, where did the, the, the motivation come from for, before obviously we get into the rest of your career? Where did the motivation to be a football player come from? Was that from like, like you're saying, your dad and, you know, your parents and that, or was that you just watched it when you were younger and generally just loved the game? Probably just a bit of everything. I was, we were never ever pushed or says going to this, going to that. We just always wanted to do it. And then, I can remember, although I was only six at the time when we first started, I just remember some of my friends, some of like, mum, oh, so-and-so's going to this football team, Cathy United, <clears throat> um, can we go, can we go type of thing? And they knew the managers and the coaches and, again, the neighbours and the kids around the corner that were all going and playing. So they were like, yeah, yeah, let's go. And they just kind of took us along. And I think if at any point we didn't like it, they didn't want to go, I think they'd probably just say, right, that's fine. But they, they always allowed us to make my own decision, even when it came to... Like signing S form, but my dad's a big Rangers fan um, at the time, and then again he was—I think he was probably happy that we did sign for Aberdeen because he knew the way our thinking was that we would get a better opportunity to kind of to kind of break through. But there was never any pressure. It was just probably a bit of everything, and that's that's what you did, and that's what we wanted to do. Um, there was other well, other guys that were maybe into boxing and things like that, which again. I wasn't really that interested. They were on probably one of the guys, boy Scott Harrison. Uh, you remember him, the Scottish boxer. Again, he ended up becoming a world class boxer uh, mm. for Scotland. So again, he was he been down that kind of route and things like that. So it's it's just one of these things that it was always in you to, to to go and do well. And I think for me mentally, you would always always set targets. Like uh, I wouldn't be writing things down in a book or anything like that. It would just be. Like, this is this is what I want to do, this is where I want to be by this point. And if I'm getting into a season, can I score so many goals? Can I get so many assists? So that was I think you were kind of self-motivating in a way. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, I mean the 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 fact like you know I how to say it, how to say it would well a better way to put it would be say like you know because you're playing for such these these big teams and that how didn't you like um you know, because obviously there's a lot of pressure, as you know. So how didn't you let the pressure get to you as such to perform well? Con- I know it's probably common sense, but to perform well constantly, how did you not let that pressure, like, you know, I'm playing for, for example, your the next team you went to was Dundee. How didn't you, like, well, I'm involved in all these sorts of big teams. How didn't the pressure, like, kind of get to you? How were you able to control it? I think it just, I don't know. I think it just became, became naturally. I think, obviously... There wasn't any like certain techniques or anything that I did that I used. I think you just become used to it. Obviously, it's you're younger and you're coming through. There was there was probably there's always still that wee nervousness when you go out to play in a game. Um, just that wee, oh, I want to do well. And there is times when it did affect you. Um, I remember the time I was a captain at Aberdeen, and um, and I knew I was going through a bad spell, and I just I was giving the ball away, and I did feel the pressure. But you just need to keep working hard, and then the way it kind of probably helped her, the manager took me out the team for a game um, and when he took me out the, I, I could actually feel the difference like see when he, he brought you out you're like jeez this whole weight because we were in a poor run at the time we had been um, I hadn't been playing particularly well myself and we hadn't won in whatever four or five games so you do you're the captain you feel a lot of responsibility and then I remember when he obviously named the team and you're, you're kind of pissed off that you're not in the team but at the same time I remember it being like a, a bit of relief, and it's again not not embarrassed to admit that, but it did. You just kind of felt that, but 
I think after that happened, you're then like, right, I'm going to show him. So it was like, uh, I want to be back in his team. And I think just by him kind of leaving you out the team, um, it did take a bit of pressure off me. And that the exact game, that same game, um, we come, I remember being caught, it was called Marnock away. Uh, we were getting beat at the time. And then I came on and I scored a 30 yarder and then I, and I set the second one up. <laughs> so like, that, that we obviously taking me out has, has mm. probably helped me. But at the same time, Whatever it was, I went on in 60 minutes or 70 minutes, and then I went on and I scored a, a really good goal, and then I set up another goal. Um, so, it was, so it was great. And that it's not that you need the reaction, just sometimes that happens. It's the same for myself when I'm now a manager, and you can see that maybe at times certain guys are maybe trying too hard, or it's just it's kind of getting to them. They don't do things off the cuff, they don't do things naturally. They, you can see there is something not quite right with them. And sometimes mm. it just takes leaving them out for a, a game or two to, to kind of get that wee reaction. and it just gives you that wee kind of boost because they're maybe feeling a bit of pressure themselves that they're, maybe it's a striker or maybe it's a defender that's it's giving away goals and striker's not taking his chances. So sometimes there's, there's just that wee bit there. But I think nowadays uh, we never really had any like uh, analysts or anything like that. We had to say your video recorders were put in and you're recording it if it was on Sky or you're recording it if it was on the Scott Sport or Sports scene, whereas now straight after the game or even at half time you can actually watch back um the, the the highlights of the game or the right there's how we lost that goal in the first half or there's how we lost that corner or etc so you can actually watch it straight away i think if we're having these things now it's a lot should be a lot easier for hopefully with these players now you've got that technology there and you can go and show them as a manager and they can go and see it as a player because most teams now have that like you can watch the game within 24 hours or Certain teams will be able to clip your own, edit your own clips, so you can go and see. Right, this is this is where I went wrong, and whereas at the time I was only going on what I can remember in the game, and I was going on on how I felt at that point in time. So mm-hmm. once you watched it back, there's a lot of times when I watched it back, I thought, God, I wasn't as bad as I felt I was, or I didn't do this, or I didn't do that, or I did do this and I did do that. So being able to watch back the analysis, it's great feedback because you get to see it and. It puts you in a better place. There's a couple of games of we've maybe been, been beat, or um, I'm thinking after the game, oh god, I, I was rubbish, or the team's played crap now that I'm a coach. And then you watch your battle, like, oh, god, you're a wee bit harsh on yourself because we've actually did very well. We've created this many chances, and the team, other team you played against, has maybe had one chance and they've scored it. You've had seven or eight and you've missed them. Mm. So instead of self questioning yourself and questioning your team and questioning your decisions, you're then kind of saying, right, well, how have I influenced it? And it's like, right, well, they've done this right, they've done this right, they've done this right, and then this player's maybe switched off or this player. I think the ones, if you if a team rip you apart or you, you, you don't get your formation right and your shape right and they're getting too much in possession, then you're kind of looking at yourself saying, God, I could have maybe had an arm midfielder or I could have maybe had an arm striker. And it's just kind of working that out. But more often than not, it's good to kind of look back on it. But, uh, but I think more often than not, I've got it right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you, you certainly have to be fair. But that's as you know, speaking to different people that are involved in the technology side, it is it's it's crazy the technology they have now. That's the thing. But sometimes I think, you know, as they say, too much of something's like a bad thing. So I think maybe like the way you guys had it was maybe more, you know, it just my opinion, obviously, maybe more like concentrated on the game versus now it's concentrated on yeah. the player, if that makes sense. If you feel what I'm trying to go. It, I guess it has its benefits, but it has its downfalls at the same time. But now you went to a, you went to Dundee Football Club. What was the what was the reason why you moved from uh, one club to Dundee? What was the reason behind that one? 
Don't feel me again. It don't offer me another deal at the end of the season again. It was more of a kind of wage cut again, um, and then I was getting a good a good offer. It was a two year deal at Dundee um, that I accepted, and, and I felt like Dundee were kind of a club on the up. Um, but again, it never really turned out too great. Um, at this, by this point, I started to get a few problems with my calves, and basically the majority of the two seasons there, I was kind of in and out, stop, start. I think I've only played 10 games and came on a sub 10 times in the, in the mm. two seasons, which was, was a terrible record and uh, very poor from, from my point of view. Um, it's just one of those things, I couldn't get over it and just we tried everything and again, it got to the point where even the physio was kind of was kind of saying it was in my head and stuff like that, which and anybody that kind of knew me knew thing well, how hard I was working in the background to try and get myself fit. I was going and seeing all sorts of people over and above the club Um Guys about my back, guys about my balance, insoles. Um, I was, I was at one point. I was going to a hyperbaric chamber to see mm. if that would help. So you're sitting, sitting alongside. So it was like kind of sixty-year-olds, seventy-year-olds who are kind of using this treatment to, to help them and, and, and make them get better. And and again, here's me, this week sort of thirty-year-old guy in here just trying to get his calves better and trying everything that I can. Um, I remember as well going and seeing a. Um, I don't know, it was like maybe like hypnotherapy type of thing. So yeah, you're just yeah. kind of lying on the couch and the guy's kind of speaking to you. And again, I, I never really kind of bought into that um, because at no point did I ever think it's in my head. Um, well, I know it was never in my head uh, because anybody will tell you being injured as a football player is an absolute nightmare. Um, you can't do anything. And it's at the same time, I remember when the manager was trying to kind of make it out that way as well. And I said, well, first of all, You've now signed another midfielder in my place. Um, part of your contract, you get like appearance money. Part of your contract, you get win bonus. I say, so right now, I don't get any appearances, appearance money. I don't get any win bonus. I've now down the pecking order when I get back fit because you've signed another midfielder. Um, on top of that, I was having to drive up to Dundee myself. I was living in Cumbernauld at the time, so I was having to drive up myself every day in the car. So, again, who would make that choice? The kid on they were injured. There's not really many. And it's not, yeah, the money was good, but it's not life-changing money that you're saying, oh, I'll just sit here and chill out. Um, far from it. Yeah, yeah. What was the, you know, and then you went to a, you went to a Greenock. Was that the reason why? Was because they were just, not necessarily because, well, not necessarily because they weren't believing in you. You just kind of felt like you're not, they were kind of like, yeah, as you said, sign the player in your place and stuff like that. I was struggling. Um, basically, at the end of the season, struggling still my calves. And then it was by chance, they've, they've come in and take a wee gamble on me. Um, I had played a trialist game for Queen of the South, broke down again. So that was very embarrassing. So I lasted five minutes in the game, 10 minutes in the game. And then my calf went again. I had to come off. Um, again, I had to apologise to the manager. Um, and then I knew finally I wasn't getting a deal with through TCR or physio. Um, it was actually Kenny Crichton who's such a math for the physio now for me it's still an Albion so I, way back, I knew him way back then so he, he helped me try and get back fit and then I managed to get a deal for Morton to then the, to this well, January window at the time so I got a six months deal and then I remember it breaking down again um, and then I managed to get myself back fit and then they were off me another deal for the end to the end of the season and again I knew I was struggling and it was really getting to the point of I've been full time can't really remember what age I was, but it was really, it was, it, was, it was quite scary because you were going to become, all of a sudden, you're coming out of uh, full-time football, which you've all, all you've known your whole life. And I was thinking, I'm going to have to get a real job here uh, because I just can't get back fit. So I was in the holiday at the time in Dubai. 
Anyway, it was Paul Hartley, he'd phoned us and just says, look, I'm taking over at Alloa, I want you to come in, be my captain, etc. We're obviously League 2, I goes, but I can get you in with the, the coaching side of things. Mm. So because he knew I was going to want to do that, uh, I then became kind of head of the community coaching. It was, it was brilliant for me, because that was my kind of step, going from part to full-time to part-time, but at the same time, as a part-time player and then learning up through my badges and through the coaching so um, to do that was amazing and it kind of got me started down the, the kind of coaching route which is something I always felt I would fall into anyway just because you want to be involved in football anyway you can um, and then again it worked really really well um, yeah. he'd again brought us on board we won the league our first season second season we then uh, finished second in the league and got through the playoffs we not actually knocked them fairly out the playoffs <laughs> and then get promoted to the championship and then we, we stayed in the championship so it was it was a great three years um, at, at Aloha and at the same time it, it put me on course for my, my coaching side of things what what did it feel like getting to play against like players you you've you know you've actually been in a team involved in was it like was it still the same players that were you played against yeah from? Yeah. yeah what did it feel like what did it feel like literally beating them because you were with these guys and now you're literally literally beating them yeah i mean there was, there was quite a few changes but at the same time no it's uh, again it was you, you look after yourself at that point it's yeah you're you're not happy that you've relegated them but at the same time i'm buzzing because i've got my own team up so at that point in time you've just got to look after your number one and them staying up and me staying down doesn't benefit me, but them coming down and me going up benefits me and benefits the team. Obviously, you're the captain of the club and you're wanting the club to go and improve and progress and and do that. And we had that with three great years, so it was it was it was a bit awkward, but at the same time, I was wanting to, to win for a while. Mm, yeah, yeah. And then you moved to is it Al? I'm gonna get this name wrong. Is it Albion Rovers? Is that who you say? Yeah, Albion. Yeah, I'm I'm terrible with names. But if you uh, you moved there as a player manager, like you're saying, was that like your first kind of? Was that was like um, were you more a manager than a player, or were you more player than a manager? No, I was more player than a manager my first season. Um, I remember when I was going there, Albion were a team that would always finish maybe ninth or tenth in, in League Two, and a lot of people were questioning why I'm taking that as my first ever like management gig. Mm. But I mean, I was going there as a as a player manager, so I knew I would probably three quarters of it. I'd be still playing and uh, training all the time, and I brought in Sandy Clark again, someone who's been in the game for years and massive experience, and some did work under. Mm. So once I spoke to Sandy and we. Again, he spoke to the board and says, right, look, they seem quite ambitious. Um, and then we, we, we went, and again, that very first season, we, we won the league, uh, which is an unbelievable experience. Selby and Rovers only won it three times in 145 years or something. So to be kind of one of the managers that goes and does that, especially for me, to start off your, your management career winning a league title was, was something else. Um, and again, it's something that will get a lot of me. It's just a great achievement. And been there as a player as well, and then obviously as the manager. So it was it was good to do that, um, and again get that experience. Uh, after that first season, I remember I did an interview for a job as well. I'd been offered a offered a job, but obviously I did an interview. Um, I didn't think it was the right time for me to kind of move on because I was still kind of learning um, at my trade, as you would say. Um, and again, it was Sandy was moving on. Actually, Sandy was actually going back to Northampton because he'd get a chance to go full time. Yeah, that was kind of always part of the deal. And then Billy Stark came in. So again, Billy, another guy who's massive influence and massive and 
Scottish football's been there and done it um, as a manager and as a player and stuff. So it was, it was great to then get his experience. And I still kind of played a, a good wee bit. And then on the third season, I was kind of not playing as much. So it was, again, I was picking Sandy's brain, I was picking Billy's brain, and, and again, just kind of learning as I, as I went as well. So it was a great start for me and a great experience before I kind of uh, moved over to East Fife. Mm, yeah, the, no. What was the what was the reason you moved over to East Fife again? Was it just like a better contract for yourself? Um, well, the Albion Rovers one is kind of coming to a head. They um, which again <laughs> wage cuts etc. So, but the wage cut at that time wasn't really a, a problem. Um, I could accept the wage cut, but there was like a 50 percent cut in the budget. So the playing budget was the main thing. My wages was kind of relevant. Um, I, I felt, and I said that to the the chairman at the time, I says, look, um, I says, that's a relegation budget. I goes, I goes, can't really accept that. And I pointed out there's two or three different ways to make money, um, just through like different little schemes and different little things. And there was with, with phone numbers, with other clubs that were willing to kind of sit down with the chairman and, and say, look, um, we, we can help you out and stuff. Never took it on board. I'd asked them, I says, well, if I could bring in X amount to the club um, through these wee ventures, etc., then are you willing to, to kind of use that for the budget? And he says, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll maybe put 10% of it towards it. And I was like, then he asked me that, that I would need to do it as well. So it got to the point where it was ridiculous. I just said, well, look, chairman, you're retired. So this was a different chairman now. This was the mm. second chairman. So, again, he wasn't very experienced, should we say, um, and that side of things and he was kind of thrown out the deep end so it's probably not his fault but um, I, I just kind of say to him I says at the end of the day I says you're retired I says I'm playing football still uh, I still was playing and playing and training I'm coaching as well I've got a job during the day with Remax a state agent and now you're asking if I can then go and do this other thing bring in more money for the club and then you're only going to give me 10% I says no chance I says you're sitting there you've retired and I'll get two jobs or three if you if you include that I'm still a player mm. and yet you want me to go and bring more money in. So we were still kind of semi-negotiating and then all of a sudden we get a letter through the door, which again, very unprofessional, um, saying to Billy Stark, um, who is a bit of a legend in the game, if I've been honest, um, yeah, thank you, Billy, for your services, blah, blah, blah. Going into next season, your services are no longer required. So Billy phones me up and says, Gaffer, and he goes, <laughs> he says, you bidding me? And I'm like, what? He goes, I've just got a letter through the door from Albion Rovers saying your services are no longer required. And I was like, that. that goes, I don't know what you're talking about. And then next minute, I've got a chap at the door recording delivery. The goalkeeping coach has got a chap at the door. So we all get these letters out, um, not got a clue that we were now told that we were no longer going to be the management from next season, uh, which was an absolute embarrassment. And then... The thing with that is as well, we still had a chance of being promoted and in the playoffs to go up a division. We still had the chance to be in the playoffs and get relegated. So, I mean, it was highly unlikely that we were going to get down. You need the miracle results, but there was the opportunity to go up the way. Um, and, and to get that through the door and stuff, we kind of knew that was kind of on the line. Um, so I was obviously starting to kind of look forward uh, and then... At that time, uh, we went our separate ways, and Stevie Kirk, who had been on the board at, uh, at East uh, Albion Rovers and also been a man, the manager at East Fife, and he knew the board at East Fife, mm-hmm. I'd spoken to him and said, Look, this job's come up, and could you put in a word for me? And he kind of spoke to the chairman, and I put my CV in, and then I got the East Fife job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there, when you moved, uh, 
Now, you were at East Fife till literally November last year. What did you, uh, are you at a, currently at a team now or are you? Like, yeah. Yeah, what team are you yeah, at? Yeah, still in Albion now. Still in uh, Albion, right, okay. So it was it worked out really well. I mean, I don't know. I had four and a half great years at, at, at East Stirling, uh, called East Fife, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was again we did a lot there as, as the coaching staff, as a management. We got to the last sixteen of the Scottish Cup, which they hadn't done for years. We got in the last. We qualified from the League Cup section. We got in the last sixteen of League Cup, played Rangers, which again a great great thing for the club, great thing for the fans and the players to, to go and play up against this Premier League team where our national players. Uh, we got to the semi-final of the Challenge Cup was something they never ever done we beat Rafe Rovers which is our biggest rivals in 30 years uh, we hadn't beat them in 30 years so to go and do that three, two or three times was amazing um, we also just missed out in the playoffs by a point every season we were in there as well we kind of challenged for the playoffs so we, we were a team that were so we see a lower end budget in the league out of the league of 10 you're probably talking a ninth, tenth place budget eighth type of thing and again you live by your means so that's never a problem for me yeah, we'll, we'll kind of whatever we're kind of given to work with we'll work with um, and again just as we, we, we kind of get let go yeah, it was we did a lot of injuries and a lot of things were kind of going on but at the same time it's just it's one of these things that happens in football and we just couldn't get in, uh, kind of get rid of that we lost a few key players as well so but it was only it was only twenty nine days I was out for, which again is, is probably very very good considering you get some managers who have been out for quite a long time. So to get the opportunity to come back in straight away uh, was was amazing. Um, and again, still a good club going the right direction. Um, and again, I spoke to the chairman, spoke to the board, and they all kind of similar ambitions to myself. So it was it was good to kind of have that um, good bunch of boys. I kind of knew them from kind of coaching against them as well so it was it was one of the ones you're just kind of uh, lucky to be in the right place at the right time yeah yeah so you are you, you're um <clears throat> are you manager and player just now or are you play just a uh, manager just now no no i'm just manager now no. um yeah so for, 43 now but don't get me wrong i think if I, could, if I could get myself fit but every time i try to play a few times on a monday night with friends and that but i keep on kind of breaking down uh, i probably get a couple of weeks out and then my calf goes or something happens so it's i think probably i probably don't do enough fitness wise to kind of keep myself right so what what did did, did did you ever end up finding out what was wrong with you Kat? like or is it still to this day they're still like we're not quite sure i don't know i think it's just maintenance really and um, i remember at the time when I had a good run, I took me Aberdeen and, and Dunfermline and stuff. It was, we were kind of getting maintained and used to get a back cracked once a week and uh, all that kind of stuff. So you see a kind of chiropractor and mm. I think at times when you're sort of your bits and bobs are all kind of a joint and then you're kind of one bit's compensating for something else. Um, so there is kind of that. And then I, I don't know, maybe there's the, the part as well of been playing so much football when you're so younger as well and it just maybe catches up in your body because we were literally like, as it says, it was at one point you were training a Monday night, you were training a Tuesday night, you were training a Wednesday night. Or sorry, you were off on a Wednesday and then you were training on a Thursday. You had two games on a on a Saturday morning, Saturday night, uh, Saturday afternoon, sorry, and then sometimes on a Sunday. So there's a, I look at that and I say, is there maybe a wee bit of that? Um, and, and again, we never really had sports science and things like that back then. So maybe if I'd you had all that technology and again to be able to check on yourself and look after yourself then it probably may have been better for me and I'd have been able to get to the problem quicker or easier and, mm. and can I get myself sorted yeah it's it's the 
see when you were see when you were playing and you you know you had the the calf injury was it always on your mind that it was there or was were you trying to like take your mind off of it just in case you ended up doing something that would affect it if that makes sense no there would be a, a slight mental block when you're coming back from it um, but I, then i knew i got to know my body so it would literally be there's no pain there it'd be fine i could be just running about and then all of a sudden it just just like a shooting pain would just go right up my my calf, um, so it's obviously coming from somewhere. It's because I could I could literally run about. I mean, I remember there was one time I'd hurt my left calf, and then I'd done the rehab for two or three weeks again, come back feeling fine, and then I started running and playing, and I got halfway through a session, and my right calf went. Mm. So it's it's I don't, it's just you just kind of put your, your finger on it, and you just love somebody to turn around and say, look, bam, here you go. Um, and again, if they did that, don't get me wrong, if they did that, then I wouldn't be where I was right now. So if, if I'd maybe got the I could have maybe played longer at a higher level, but at the same time, I'm now a coach, I'm now a manager. I've been doing that now for seven, eight, eight, well, eight years now. Mm-hmm. So in my eighth season of, of doing that. So I wouldn't have had that opportunity to go and do that. And again, do so well at Albion Rovers, win a league title, do so well at East Fife, and uh, everything we achieved there. And now obviously taking over Stirling and trying to kind of emulate what we kind of did with East Fife and, and Albion Rovers. So... It's one of those ones you, you then wouldn't have maybe been in a position you're in if you did manage to keep yourself up. Yeah, like, quote, you never know what's happening around the corner, but then something happens, even if it's bad, then good rewards come. But see see, see, now, see now you are, you know, you are a manager and you're not a player anymore. How, how does that feel? Knowing, like, you know what these players are going through, you know the adrenaline, you know all that sort of stuff, but you're not stepping on the pitch. The, I know you're, you're saying, um, obviously, you'll... you'll I know, talk, I, add a part onto that question as well is that do you ever think to yourself you know if one of these players goes out you're like I, could, I know you said but you're like I could go and play but then you're like no because again you're, you're saying just now like your fitness and your cabin that you'd be like nah I, I wouldn't be able to like, last the game or what's your opinion on those I think obviously you're just trying to pass on your experience and trying to help these guys and improve these guys as best you can if there's certain things I can see within their game um, that that I think needs improved upon or worked upon, then I'll kind of speak to them and pull them aside. And again, you want to kind of help them improve them to get up the up the lead, uh, up the league, sorry, up the ladder. A lot of the guys, some of them are young enough that they can still possibly go back full time football. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can do that and improve them and, and make them better, then that's it's, it's massive. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, just kind of using my own experience and, and speaking to them and for certain injuries. But don't get me wrong, I've got great obviously backroom staff and great physios. Uh, with Kenny and the doc at the club they're now so that kind of side of things is good and the boys are kind of well taken care of but it's just trying to be because you, you know that I think obviously when you look to sign a player um, you then first of all I've came to the club so you've inherited 20 players or whatever it may be so you then have to kind of get to know the players you have to get to know what they're like uh, what they're like at training what they're like in games uh, attitude wise how are they away from the club are they a good influence are they a bad influence um, so you've got a million little things to do as you're coming in then obviously when it comes to recruiting and for me I mean, I've always been told and I kind of knew this myself anyway recruitment is the, the biggest part of football so when you're kind of signing all those things I just spoke about you've got to kind of take that into consideration of a player that you're trying to sign and a player try to bring in because you want the, the right guy. Could you have there's maybe some guys out there who are brilliant, great football players, but in the changing rooms or in the dressing rooms, they can cause problems. Um, if they're maybe not playing 
or they're maybe big time and they're kind of full of themselves. So you need to kind of get that right balance. There is there is certain players that you can take a wee gamble on and etc. Uh, etc. Et but it's just getting that, that that kind of the right balance between having leaders and guys that have got the right attitude and want to go on and do well and and win to the other guys who are maybe just there for a payday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How um you know you're saying the things you look for in a player. I'm curious the the people we've had on in that will I think will definitely be able to learn from this question as well. When you're um when you're looking to bring on a player now, like around well, around like the days when social media was there, how did it does social media affect like like do you check social media just to be like, I wonder what they're posting, like I wonder if they're a good influence like online as well as offline now, or is that not something that you know, you no, to be fair, it's, like, it's a good question. It's, it's something I've not thought about. I know in maybe normal everyday life jobs, then people maybe do that in regards to, like, obviously, if you're just getting signed to go, go for a job for a bank or something like that, then I, I know that the people will go and get that checked, but it's something I've never ever done. Um, maybe I might start doing that. <laughs> but I think um, I know enough players within the game um, that you would go and speak to players and say what's he like in the dressing room what's he like as a player there may be ex-managers who have worked with them and, and you go and kind of speak to them and say like what's he is the right type type of thing so that's how you would kind of do our due diligence and how you would check them out at the same time has he been injured how many injuries has he had what's he like is he is he does he work hard to get back fit is he is he a hard working player is he the right type so all these things that I suppose you can look at social media as well, but it's something I've never ever kind of looked at that for a player. For me, if the guy's going and doing it on the park, yeah, you want, they don't want him to be a bit of an idiot off the park, but you kind of find that out through just kind of speaking to ex-players, ex-managers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. What's, now, you're at um, Remax. Um, how does it feel, like, because is that, I, I, I don't, like, is that your first time, your first full-time job away from football? Like, away yeah. from that... How does it feel to now have to do that versus you were being a football player before, if, if that makes sense? I've been doing it for seven, eight years now, so it's it's something I'm used to. Um, it's one of those things that when I was doing the coaching, because with the coaching, you were obviously the way our kind of football works with a part-time, you're training a Tuesday night, you're training a Thursday night, you've got a game on a Saturday. Mm. Um, and then with the, with the coaching side of things, it was like, a Monday night, a Wednesday night, often a Friday, but sometimes on a Sunday during the day you were in. So the coaching side of things, depending on what you're doing, money-wise it wasn't great. Uh, financially it wasn't great. I felt I'd kind of done my, my bit with, with Alo at the time. And then just as I was kind of coming to the end of that, um, I was then had the opportunity to go and do, look at this estate agent stuff. So I went and did it. I knew the guy. Um, I quite enjoyed it, and it was it was a lot better money, and it was quite it was quite good as well because you can kind of work your schedule around the football. So mm-hmm. if I've got viewings, evaluations, etc., then I can kind of work it around my training. I can kind of work it around my football. So it was fine. It's never ever been a problem, but it's just something. It's more a financial thing than anything else. Um, it gives me good balance. It gives me. A, I've got a, I've got a four year old son as well, so it's you're just kind of working everything around it, and it's it's, it's quite good. So. Yeah, but no, no, I enjoyed it. But it's it's just it's one of the things. Instead, the boy just slagged me saying I was I was buying and selling players at night, and I was buying and selling houses during the day. <laughs> <laughs> did you, uh, you know, like again, an, another good question I think is how do, how do you balance your time then? Because obviously, I know you did it before, like years ago. But now, is it, do you take kind of implemented it? Well, I suppose it will be different with your son. You know, 
um, and everything yeah. else. How do you how do you spend your? I mean, that's that's a lot of work. And from speaking to coaches, this <laughs> it's full time gig. It's crazy, but yeah, oh, you're part time in the football. You're still full time. Um, you're still kind of looking at stuff. You've got your video clips. You've got your highlights. Again, you get stuff like Y Scout, or even you've got uh, time for Y Scout. I would be kind of watching all the the highlights would come through on Twitter. So teams would always put up the highlights. So you before you the kind of Y Scouts just kind of big kind of network with all, all the games. You can go and have a look at all the games. So if you look for a new player or whatever it may be, you've got scouts as well that will kind of look at teams and, and kind of point out differences. And then we'll get we'll get a guy Bill at the club, and he'll kind of put up videos of. Corner set PCs, uh, transition counter attacks, etc., etc. So you've kind of got all that, and then again, it's just spending that time and having that time. So for me, I, I really go to my bed um, before I'd say before one o'clock. It'd be very if I was to go to my bed before one o'clock, it'd be <laughs> it'd be a filming or something. But um, no, nah, I'm, I'm usually I'll go to my bed between kind of one and two, and again, it's something that I've just kind of get used to because at that point, obviously, the wee one's sleeping. Uh, sometimes the misses is, but she's usually sleeping as well. But uh, then I got a bit of time myself, and I can then go and do that. And I'm looking at highlights, and I'm looking at players, and I'm looking at whatever it is the next game you're coming up to, and maybe going over training for the the, the, the night before because you're training on Tuesday. So you've maybe looked over that and thinking, right, what can I improve on? What did I like about it? What did I not like about it? Is there certain players that were not at it? And then you're then preparing for the, the, this is like the Wednesday, and you're then preparing for the, the Thursday training session. So again, how many players have we got? Who's injured? Who might be coming back? Um, and again, what am I going to do? The team I'm playing against. So you're kind of looking at all these things and assessing everything. Uh, but at the same time, you might have got evaluation the next day or I've got a viewing the next day. So you're then just kind of having to try and work everything, work everything out. Um, so, like it's not easy, um, but at the same time, it's it pays the bills, and and again, it's something that I've came to live with, and obviously, fiance's understanding. She's she's fine that side of things. Well, most of the time, she's fine, but uh, but no, it's just then trying to make sure you've got enough time you're spending with the family as well. So it's uh, it's it's hard, but it's again the football. I don't look at it as a job. It's more a. Uh, I think that if I wasn't obviously getting paid or whatever. Um, I would probably still be in football in some way, whether it's dropping down the leagues or whatever it may be. It's something that's always it's in me and it always probably will be. Yeah, yeah, it, it's amazing. Yeah, the now you you are saying you had a, you have a four year old son. I'm sure people would want me to ask this question. Are you going to kind of not push him, but kind of persuade him? Be like, hey, you know, I was a professional player. You should kind of become a <laughs> professional player. Like, are you going to type? Are you just going to be like you do you type thing? No, I would love them. I love me kind of following my footsteps, and I'd love me go and play football. Uh, he's kind of getting better in regards to not picking up the ball and throwing it, and he likes to try and kick it now. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that's quite good. We did try to get him into the kind of mini kicker things. It was called um, when he was kind of just three and a half, four, but uh, that, that stopped uh, just because of the Christmas and stuff. But no, nah, again, you would love him to, to go and do that. But it's kind of up to him. He will let him kind of follow his own path. But um, but I will kind of. Trying to help him and <laughs> at times, but I certainly wouldn't be one of these guys that are just forcing them to go and play it again. He needs to kind of have that. You need to have it in you. I think if you go and do that, then the kids start to kind of go against you. Um, but yeah, I would love to do it. And he's, he's getting into shouting now in the football zone as well, so it's quite funny because he's the time Scotland were qualifying, I got to the kind of the World Cup type of thing and the, the playoffs, and I was like. 
go Scotland and he's now <laughs> shouting when the football's on go Scotland so it's good to kind of see and he does get quite excited and jump about but, uh, but no I'd love him to, to, to kind of play whatever level it may be mm, yeah it's it's now you know a question that I'm, I'm I'm curious about as well especially with you being having to you know hard like um kind of not like mentally draining but like you know, hard going jobs, like effectively, like managing and an estate agent. What would you say is like your biggest flaws professionally and uh, personally? I think maybe just kind of time management and just kind of kind of fitting everything in. Um, I think with the, with the football side of things, obviously I've certainly learned. Again, it's eight years now, so I've kind of certainly learned. Again, you, uh, we spoke about this off camera as well regarding the don't not letting it get to you. I think you don't never get too high. It's something I was always even as a player, I'd never get too high and never get too low if I, if I win or a victory. Um, and again, you just keep on working hard and things will turn as long as you're doing the kind of right things and you're good enough. Um, and I think that was maybe trying not to let that affect you because it would I would be coming home even as a player and you'd come home and um and maybe I arranged to go out for dinner with the missus or whatever or. And you would be like, nah, I'm not going out, don't want to go out. And then you'll just be kind of pissed off and you're just down and not down, but you're just annoyed. And then obviously take a couple of days to go over it. And, and now it's, again, you kind of, with the wee one as well, it's quite funny because you come home and you're like, daddy, and he's just jumping up me and stuff. So it's it's hard to be kind of down. And then you're, at the same time, you're, you're annoyed and you're pissed off that you've maybe get beat and the team's not performed that well and that you're a coach. And, um, but again, you look at it and assess it. So from my point of view, you can be one of the flaws you would just be take it more to heart. Whereas now you've got the analyst stuff and you've got all that stuff to kind of look over and say, right, is it me? Did I get it wrong? Did I pick the wrong team? Did I pick the wrong formation? Did I pick the wrong players? Mm. Um, or did, did one of the players just not match a runner? Did one of the players not take his chance? So there's things now that you can then look at. Why did we beat? How did we get beat? And then how can I improve and put upon that? So there is that side of things with the football. So flaws would have probably been that I kind of took it to heart. And then now that you kind of look over stuff and you're like, right, okay, so you don't need to get... Well, you're still annoyed, you don't want to get beat, but there is you can look over it and then you can make a, a, a better decision uh, once you've kind of looked over all the, all the stuff, the Remax kind of stuff. Then, um, again, I was just kind of learning on the job as you go. So it's, again, we're, we're kind of self-employed. So... There's a lot of things I probably did wrong at the start, but now I've been doing it for eight years. Um, there's nothing, nothing really um, that you can I can kind of pinpoint and say, oh, don't do this, I don't do that. You're kind of and the kind of same thing. You're, you're always evolving. Uh, probably uh, the guy always goes on about maybe not doing enough videos. So uh, maybe it's the odd stage. So we're doing videos of their work and go to it. I've seen a couple of things from like Remax agents over in like in America and Canada and all that kind of stuff where it kind of came from. And they're kind of right at it in the video. So I get a wee bit of stick from, from one of the guys in the office for, for not kind of doing it. And he thinks, oh, you should be doing it. And people want to know you and stuff. So maybe that, probably one of my flaws is I don't do enough that kind of video side of things. But I'm trying my best to kind of get more into the social media side of things and, and get that on side, which I think I've done well over the last couple of years. Now it's progressing and changing all the time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And just before I ask my um, last question, what are your social, if you like people want to follow you or get in touch with you or something, what are your social medias, maybe like your Twitter or your Instagram or whatever you use? Um, it's just it's just dyoung at remax-scotland.net. So just basically type in Darren Young Remax on, on Facebook and it will kind of pop up. 
Yeah. Well, now the the last question, I think, and I think it'd be good. I I genuinely think it'd be really good to get your opinion on this one. Um, you know, if there's players looking to come up the leagues and looking to go, like, obviously looking to go professional, or if they are professional and they're not sure what to do and stuff like that, maybe that's two parts to that question. But do you have any advice for maybe like even the players coming up and then the players looking to go into you know management like yourself? Do you have any advice for those people? Yeah, for me, it's just going to work as, as hard as you can, um, especially as a player. You kind of find your level. Um, we, there's a lot of guys, and there's a, you can get back to some of the guys. I mean, there was a big boy, Ross Stewart. He's now playing for Sunderland down in England, um, and he came in. He was a big gangly guy, and he probably he was he was he was decent enough. You could see he had the tools to go on and do well. Um, and again, he scored 13 goals. We got him from the juniors. Someone had spoken to him about him. We went and seen him and we thought, God, he's a good player. We managed to sign him at Albion Rovers. And again, just through sheer hard work and determination, you saw him when he came in. Um, he still kind of had a lot to learn and improve. But I think you give him that platform, you give him enough confidence. He went on and he was, he was a top player for us. He ended up moving to St Myrne and got, got a really good move. They paid a good money uh, some money for him so Albion Rovers done quite, quite well out of it then he had a couple of loan moves again still right attitude right right good player and he gets his move down to England and so he's banging in the goals down in England so he's he's somebody that he's came from the juniors and in the space of I don't know maybe five years four or five years he's now down playing uh, for England and one of the things was um, the, the junior team at the time were very being I mean, they didn't want to lose their player, but they were being very awkward regarding the, the payment and stuff. Mm. They were a transfer fee, a big transfer fee. So we kind of said, look, this is as much as we can offer. I think Ross at the time, he wouldn't mind me saying he was getting like £25 a week. And they were wanting like thousands and thousands of pounds from him. Um, we paid them £1,000. And then him and his dad actually had to pay 500 quid to get out the contract because the chairman at the time was just saying, no, 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 no. So that, that, that happened, but again, he did determination enough to, to, to know that it's a great opportunity and a great platform for him to come and play for Albion Rovers, and, and from there he's went and kicked on. But the other one similar, maybe the big boy Anton Dowds, we got him, um, he came, and again, nothing to do with money. He was he ended up he was signing an amateur deal, so he did well for his pre-season, which is like, if you keep on progressing, then again, we'll give you another deal, etc. So he then, five games, I think he's got two or three goals, we signed him on a new deal, halfway through the season, again, Again, maybe up to 10 goals, send him on a new deal, give him an extra year, uh, give him more money. And again, Anton then within two years gets his move full time to Falkirk. So it's, it's these guys, they've all got the same the same attitude and the same desire to go and do well. Um, and there's, there's loads of players that, that I've kind of seen that have kind of came, maybe not came through pro youth, maybe not come through the normal way. Guys are coming through now, performing schools, and they're maybe playing their training with Rangers and Celtic and all this kind of stuff. These guys have kind of went a different route. But sometimes you find that the attitude and the desire they have to go and do well from maybe some guys who have maybe been pampered a wee bit, whether they've been in it, uh, Rangers, Celtic, Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen or whatever, and they're used to, or that their kits all laid out for them and everything's nice and everything's on a plate, whereas these guys have, have probably been working as well and, and kind of played football on the side. But again, the, the attitude, of, for me, you've just got to have that attitude and set yourself targets. That's what I kind of did when I was, when I was younger. At Aberdeen, it was, for me, it was like, right, I'm trying to... Uh, first season, can I get into the youth team? Can I maybe break into the reserves near the end of it? Um, and then my first season, it was played the full season with the youth team. 
uh, played juniors for six months, then got called back, and then I was playing for the reserves in the second part of the season. So I kind of overachieved in my head mentally what I was wanting to achieve. And then the next season it was right playing still old enough for the youth team, then try and play more for the reserves every week, and then maybe you get training with the first team. But I jumped straight to the first team, and and again it was just just for me just kind of working hard and, and just kind of going and doing doing my thing. Um, for the coaching side of things, is try and get as much experience as possible, um, and then again there is there is a obviously a lack of jobs or a lack of opportunities for kind of to become a manager because obviously in Scotland you've got your your leagues so there's forty two teams in the leagues and and maybe maybe eighteen or twenty are full time so mm. you're sitting there saying there's only twenty full time jobs in Scotland <laughs> so it's it's not a, it's not an awful lot um, and then obviously you've got your juniors and again that's all kind of part time and you've got quite a lot of part time teams as well but it's I don't know it's just to be, be prepared and, and again don't have any again recruitment for me recruitment's the biggest thing um, mm. again the more you coach the, the more you take in and, and again listen to other people's advice as well so don't be afraid to, to let other people but at the same time be confident and, and make decisions when it usually as I was told this as a player and also even as a coach usually the first decision or the first thing you think is the right one to do so whether it's a player it's like the first pass you see bang go and play it and then and then react after that because sometimes you take a touch in the next minute somebody smashes and you lose the ball because you've already thought oh no should I pass it and by the time you think should I pass it bang whereas usually it's like there's a the first pass go and play it and then move pass and move and the same way a coach, don't say I can guess yourself, don't think, oh no, maybe should I take this player off, should I take that player off? If you can if you're watching the game and it's not going to your way or it's a certain and again, for me, uh, with, with, with certain players, certain players don't like getting taken off, and they'll have spit the dummy and they'll be in a huff. But for me, it doesn't matter how high profile you are or how low profile you are, or if you're the, the highest wage earner in three hundred or four hundred pounds a week, or you're the lowest at fifty pounds a week. For me, if you're doing the business and you're playing week in week out, then then that's that's all that counts. Because it's I've had too many too many guys, and you you're kind of maybe right. He's your your bigger player, and you kind of keep him on. You keep him on. He's still not scoring. He's still not defending, and he still makes mistakes. And it gets to a point where you're like, oh, do you know what? Let's get another guy in. So for me, it doesn't really matter who you are. It doesn't really matter what you earn. As if as a player, if if that player's playing and, and fits your system, then. He keeps a jersey, and then the other guys then need to kind of to work their way back in. Um, from my point of view, anyway, that's that's that. But just before you actually become a coach and doing all that, go and learn and go and do as many coaching sessions as you can, and and get experience. And nowadays, there's loads and loads of things on like like uh, LinkedIn, the stuff on Facebook, the stuff on Twitter, etc. So there's all these things you can go and look at, and then again, maybe even replicate and, and, and put in your own session. Because there's things that I mean, every man, every manager or a coach will kind of do that. Um, and and again, it's some things you'll oh, I quite like that, but you maybe change it slightly to how you would want your team to play, or you change it to how you'd want to attack or defend. Mm, yeah, that's awesome. No, awesome. Yeah, the, you know, I think that I think you know. One thing I'm curious about, actually, I was going to end there, but something I'm actually curious about is that with um, mental health being such a huge, not like um, it's huge involved in people, you know, it's really, it's something that like yeah. people are now like pushing and stuff like that. Um, 
how do you deal with like a player that has like you can because you obviously you can never really tell but like there's certain tells you're like maybe what's wrong with him like he's he's not the same as he was yeah. and that how do you deal with a player that's maybe going through something like that um, to be honest there's a, there's no there's players i've played with that you didn't know at the time they maybe had the, like gambling problems and, and stuff like this but um and you only found out years later once they're away for the club or you found out when you speak to them years later or they've maybe come out and started to get help so I think it's hard unless the actual person wants to come and speak to them but now obviously exactly what you said there if, if I can say can I see a player and he's not quite at it and it's like right how is everything is everything okay um, one of there was actually a guy in the last club I was at and um, again it was one of the players that spoke to us and just says oh look he's to do with his kid and stuff and he's, he's got a a few problems with the missus or ex-missus or whatever down south and all this kind of stuff and, and I just kind of spoke to the player and says look see if you need time off to go and get things sorted they just miss training go down south after the game on Saturday miss training on the Tuesday just come back up on the Thursday just take four or five days to yourself and then whatever needs fixed and sorted you go and do that and then kind of take care of it and, and the guy obviously really appreciated it and, and he went down and they managed to kind of get everything sorted but that was just mm-hmm. one of the guys in the car again that spoke to us and says oh look Gaffer he's kind of struggling a wee bit so I just kind of spoke I never obviously said I said oh look how's things and he just kind of opened up a wee bit once I'd spoken to him so it was good from that point of view obviously that's his teammate looking out for him and then because I kind of then know because you won't you'll probably find it hard to get many players that will I kind of want to come and speak to the manager and maybe maybe speak to the assistant or maybe speak to their teammates. So mm. um, for me, um, no, 100%, if guys need time off and guys need to kind of, because um, then your, your health is, your wealth, as they say. So it's, it's as long as you're kind of good, okay mentally and physically and that, then, then brilliant. And, and again, the next part of that is obviously your family. So your kind of family comes first. So um, allowed him to, to kind of go and do that and kind of deal with that. So it's, but there's been there's been different issues as well. There's been other guys who have, have sat in front of you and lied to you and, and you know what's happening or you know certain things that it's kinda of happened in the life or you're kinda of, you're needing them to speak to you and open up without me turning around saying like, Oh, I already know this. So if they if they don't really want to talk about it then it's kinda of hard to, to kinda of, to kind of do that you, you know the situation I was in I was just kind of asking a guy speaking and trying to probe and there wasn't anything like he's going to do anything silly it was just kind of something that had kind of happened and I was trying to say look look you need to kind of cut this out type of thing or you need to kind of screw the nut a wee bit so it wasn't a kind of uh, kind of life-threatening should we say um, and it was just trying to get the guy and the guy sitting in my front of my face just lying away and you're thinking it's up to him. You can't really do too much if people aren't willing to kind of be honest with you. So you, you mm. kind of let them kind of deal with that. Yeah, yeah. You know, honestly, I genuinely what like a, a I've been so like zoned into everything you were saying. It's 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 such like an informative, um, you know, especially when it comes to like your football past, your management, and things. It's, you definitely have had like an awesome career, to be honest with you. Like if I'm, if, if you, you know. What would you say is like, um, you know, very, like, very, very last question. What would you say is uh, your next? I keep saying that, but what would you say is like your, um, your, your goals for like the next, I won't say five years, 10 years, because it's very like, you know, as you'll know, setting those big timelines is very like hard to set. But what are your goals now when it comes to like football and, you know, estates and stuff like that? I know your management and that, but have you got any goals, you know, like you've set just now? Yeah, I mean, the goals, again, we're going to try and achieve, we're a wee bit behind after getting beat last night, 
Um, we're now kind of 10 points behind the, the playoff place, but there's 13 games to go. It's still it's still doable. We'll still try. So again, we want to kind of finish the season as best we can. Mm. Um, at the same time, if we can get to that sort of playoff place and improve and progress the team, then then brilliant. Um, but no, for me and for kind of still an Albion, again, if it's not this season, then next season you'll kind of want to be up there challenging. Um, and whether it's through winning the league or whether it's through playing a playoffs and being in that top half, then you know want to be kind of up there and, and, and trying to get self promoted. We've been out there. We're in League Two. We've been out League One now for about seven or eight years. I think this is the season now. Um, so we're going to try and do that. And again, that's the same as the board and same as the chairman. Everybody's kind of the, the same ideas. So if we can kind try and do that, that's that's the aim and that's what we're kind of pushing towards. Yeah, awesome. Now I do. Um, you know, I really appreciate your time in that, especially considering as soon as you told me, like, you know, you guys didn't have a, a great game last night. I was like. Oh no, he might be like coming to you know what? I don't actually feel like coming on the podcast. I'm very unsure, but yeah, I, I do appreciate your time. Like it, it does. I think for people nowadays getting to speak to people like yourself that genuinely have been at the top level, you know what it's like. You know, as I said, you know everything we've said. You know what it feels like. You know how the the game feels and deal with it. So yeah, I really, I really do appreciate your time. Thank you very much. It does mean a lot. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, thanks for having us on. Yeah, no, honestly, it's it's. As I said, you were one of the people, like, that's why I messaged you again, because you're one of the people, like, I, I, I definitely want to have him on the show, because I think, like, you'd be so yeah. good to be on the show. But, yeah, and everyone else, um, you know, I, again, I appreciate you guys watching. I appreciate you guys commenting. And the views and stuff are, like, going up. The watch hours now, and it's great. It's great to, like, see something like, um, you know, you've you put so much time and so much effort in, especially, you know, I know exactly how you feel as well, Darren, about yeah. late nights and things like that with college work and everything. It's crazy. But yeah, thank you very much for everybody for watching. Remember, like, comment, subscribe. Let me know if there's anybody you want me to try and get on. Let me know as well. So thank you very much. We'll see you later. And thank you again, Darren. No problems. Cheers.